0: Before all of this, I've been talking to Vesper about uh, video game music and just really geeking out, and I'm back on my bullshit. <laughs> There's this one, um, one piece of music from Fire Emblem Three Houses where I was just like, you have to listen to this, and then... Um, yeah
1: okay, but did you ever leave your
0: bullshit? I mean you're right <laughs> <laughs> like that's the big thing <laughs> true. i never I never got off. it was just kind of like, yeah, I am a passenger on here. I'm just like not I'm not like actively talking about it.
1: <laughs> listen, we love video game music.
0: video game music is like i think underrated sometimes people mm-hmm. like really dunk on video game music um but i like i don't know
1: <laughs> it's so good like um, i'll have to think about what um florence well said about it when she recorded stand by me for final fantasy 15
0: oh i didn't realize that she had something in final fantasy that's awesome
1: yeah so in the opening of 15 you're with your bros and then florence of the machine comes down and kicks down your door and sings uh, a rendition of stand by me oh
0: that's fun like it
1: like it's not the first time she's done video game music either oh like they remixed uh i'm not calling you a liar for the in credits of dragon age 2
0: oh cool yeah like i feel like people just sleep on the fact that um a lot of like world building also can happen through music um -hmm. so so hello everybody welcome to nonsense and noise (laughs) a podcast about the queer person of color pop culture media experience i'm your host nathan Cato, and i'm i'm back with friend of the podcast um you you know them you've heard them before we've talked about snard
1: I forgot that we <laughs> talked about Snard. I really <laughs> forgot about that.
0: Welcome back to the pod, friend of the show, Ro-Mangal! Welcome back. Uh, I'm so glad to have you back, um, even though we've been hanging out so much more lately because <laughs> you have entered Overwatch hell.
1: Yeah, thanks for that. Um.
0: <laughs> you are very welcome. I mean, it's been it's been great spending getting to spend like more time with you. Um I maybe one day will have the motivation to just buy a story skip for Final Fantasy and I'll join you there. It seems only fair.
1: I feel like you'll really like it. Just buy a story skip. Not that I'm disparaging A Realm Reborn. (laughs) I think it has its merit. (laughs) But it is a slog to, to get through and I think that we could confidently say that without people getting mad now.
0: I think, isn't that like the um popular opinion right i don't think anybody's mad about if you say that
1: i mean it goes back and forth like some people are just like yeah it, it is a slog it is very dated but then some paper like you have to fundamentally understand it i think heaven's word is the more important one i think that's when things really start kicking off mm, okay. like you can read a plot summary for a realm reborn and be
0: fine okay okay yeah this is stuff to consider stuff to consider mm-hmm. i might might be getting a raise soon so who knows we'll see <laughs> how are you how have you what have you been up to let's see i played overwatch all day um wonderful
1: <laughs> that's what i did i would no i went t- to the gym mm-hmm. got lunch played Overwatch,
0: and then hung out with some friends that I haven't seen in a hot minute. Oh, nice. Nice. But I, it was really nice. Instead of joining you guys and playing Overwatch, I languished in bed until 2 o'clock, <laughs> and then was like, you know what? Maybe I should get my ass out of bed and, and do some stuff. So... Um, I also went to the gym and then came back and did cardio and really behaved like an upstairs neighbor did jump rope and burpees and (laughs) not
1: you being an upstairs
0: neighbor, (laughs) just nice rhythmic thumping on the ground. And I'm sure my downstairs neighbor is like, please. I'm sure your (laughs) downstairs neighbor hates you. (laughs) I don't do it at home all the time. So I feel like I feel bad because like, you know, I, I don't, I myself wouldn't like that to happen, but then again, my upstairs neighbor um, blasted Midnight's, the Taylor Swift album, for, like, a good solid... I think the entire day when it came out, and I was like, ma'am, you have a problem.
1: Oh, um, listen, <laughs> then you are fully... Like, this is
0: compensation for that, actually. Right, like, I think um, on a level of, like, upstairs neighbors, I'm, like, not that bad.
1: <laughs> right, also, I mean, I, I do understand playing music in your own home like i get that but like if you're living in an apartment complex there is a volume level that is respectful um right also midnight is not one of those albums that you blast super loud like it's not designed for that
0: right it doesn't it have is that energy
1: <laughs> yeah it is an album that you just uh, you listen to when you just kind of relax you vibe with exactly it's an album to listen to at midnight not an album to like blow up the speakers in
0: your house right you're not partying to it
1: right and also it's just kind of rude to just do that all night like i get when the album first like drops and you do it like once or twice sure. right but like all night is a lot like repeatedly yeah that's I, a little I, I rude. Don't
0: remember if she did it all night but it was like several hours in the afternoon it was both her and then also my next door neighbor who is a white gay man i was like i am just being assaulted on all sides
1: you just taylor swift is like fighting you on all sides that is
0: my neighbor my next door neighbor had uh snow on the beach on repeat one and i was like this isn't that one it's not even a great song <laughs> that's the one <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> i mean i like snow on the beach i do have a controversial opinion about snow on the beach okay either they should have made lana's part bigger mm-hmm. or not at all because at some points i'm just like where is lana del rey in this entire song that's true but like like lana's voice is very good she could have done an entire section i yep. think it would have been a little bit stronger
0: yeah no but that's
1: just my controversial opinion i I just think either should have been there more or not at all like
0: i think i agree with that i don't know if that's that controversial um like their voices sound quite similar so i mm -hmm. um yeah i don't i don't think i'm fighting that so um but yeah that's uh that's how both of us have been um we're, we're gonna jump into some quick pop culture updates before we get to the main content of the show so upcoming video games and of course uh ro you could feel free to jump in if you have any any thoughts feelings or if you have anything of your own that you're looking forward to but um for february uh we've got we're we're past this particular date date of record is the february 18th but um blanc came out on february 14th for the pc and the switch it's a nice little puzzle game where you play as a wolf and a deer and you have to find your way back home and solve puzzles as you do it, which looks pretty cute. And then, uh, yeah, Theaterhythm came out on February 16th for the PS4 and the Switch. Um, it's a rhythm game featuring Final Fantasy music, so um, yeah, it's been fun watching that. Um, and then the one that affects us both, the big hitter, um, February 24th is Octopath Traveler 2 for the Xbox, PS4, PC, and the Switch. Both Ro and I have played the demo and i know i've really liked it i haven't played any more of the demo since like the first day but um how about you
1: i am only an hour in Mm -hmm. i've been really trying not to finish the like three hours before yeah like the game comes out because i don't want to just be sitting there waiting and anxiously waiting for it right but so far i really like it like i started with agnea I love her I love her story um the music is gorgeous yes <laughs> like, i'm very I'm very impressed with how pretty the um music is yeah. and I'm looking forward to seeing where the stories go yeah me too um like I think i now I'm working on particia's story because he was like,
0: closest you like jazz
1: <laughs> and it was very it was very where what's the time frame like where
0: i think we're supposed to be like industrial era
1: that's what i'm assuming because on one hand like Agna is very rural medieval inspired village and mm-hmm. suddenly it's not and i was like oh okay there's like actual like lights and shit here cool right and then i get to a party show and it's gold rush and i was like okay yep um <laughs> where are we our silver rush as the case may be mm. and i was like okay so where are we going and i've yet to see where um hikari is going to be from
0: yeah i from what i remember he's like in a desert kingdom um looked very inspired by like japanese architecture and stuff so i think there are lots of different time periods going on
1: that's what i assumed because like looking at his character model and the imagery around him and then agnea being like so close i was like where are we yeah, yeah. here? Because I am a little confused. Yeah. Because these seem to be two very different time periods, which is fine, which is great. And then Ochet's in the ocean, so yep. good for her. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm excited to see it all come together. I think the battle system has drastically improved oh, yes. it's from the fun. issues. And Octopath One, mm-hmm. which weren't many, like right. but I see why people didn't like the combat mm-hmm. and the grinding doesn't feel as arduous so far. But I'm still really early level, so that could change. But yeah. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't.
0: Yeah, me too. I've um, I finished. So I started with Thorne the Thief, um, and her starting city is like definitely more industrial area. It reminds me kind of of like France vibes a little bit, and then uh trying to think about what else yeah no like leveling hasn't felt too bad um the all the random encounter battles like really just flow so it's definitely not quite as much of a slog as as one i feel so um but yes i will be linking the soundtrack of what we have so far in the episode notes so y'all can also listen um i have sold <laughs> three or four friends on this game so far on the soundtrack alone so um i'm just gonna do more propaganda everybody's gonna love this game (laughs) that's that's octopath traveler 2 coming out on february 24th which is next friday and then the last one just because like i figured i've been talking about octopath 2 forever um it's also coming out on february 24th is kirby's return to dreamland deluxe coming to the switch um it's gonna be cute it's a kirby game (laughs) that's all
1: uh, i have not heard a single thing about that until you just said it <laughs> oh wait is that the one where he goes like full swallow mode or whatever
0: oh no that was uh kirby in the lost uh, forgotten land and that was last year um which i played that game and it was also very cute yeah the, i think it was announced in the nintendo direct but obviously like i don't think people have quite as big of a passion for kirby as they do other things so they're just like here's kirby (laughs) um any video games or anything on your radar that are coming out this month other than octopath
1: um not this month okay Uh, i don't think
0: all right then we'll move into movies there the first one is ant-man and the wasp quantumania which actually came out yesterday february 17th um and it's another mcu movie um the only Actor of color of note in there is Jonathan Majors, who's playing Kang the Conqueror. Um, did you end up ever reading like any comics with Kang in them, or like because I know that like, you go to comics a little bit.
1: Um, I go to comics very rarely, and when I do, it's generally more DC than Marvel. Got it.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, I think Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror is like really the only person of color, like representation. Uh, thing in there, which um I mean he's playing a villain, so at least that's he's he's got significant screen time. Um I don't know his motivations at all. Um but I mean I, it's a Marvel movie.
1: <laughs> I just assume it's Take Over the World or something like that. Yeah
0: probably something like that. Nothing too flashy or like heavy for the culture. So that's Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um the next two things that I found were actually Netflix premieres. Um the first one is called The Strays which comes out on february 22nd uh featuring ashley matakwe um you might know her from revenge where she plays ashley davenport uh the umbrella academy where she plays detective eudora patch or salem which is where i know her from uh where she plays the witch tituba um and this looks like a kind of a reversal of get out where like she's the um she's in like this small suburban community of like pretty much all white people and she's the only black woman and then she sees um like these two black folks like start popping up in her vision and nobody else can see them um and it looks kind of like a horror film so i'm i'm intrigued um but also i'm not a huge horror person um so that's that's the strays um i'll link a a post a link to the Trailer in the episode notes as well, um, and then the last movie is called We Have a Ghost, also coming out on Netflix on February 24th, and it's a comedy film featuring uh, Jahe Winston, Anthony Mackie, Niles Fitch, and Erica Ash as a new family, the Presleys that move into a haunted house, um, featuring a ghost named Ernest, who's played by David Harbour from Stranger Things, um, and Ernest the ghost has lost his memory. Um, and the whole plot is they this family ends up going viral for capturing footage of Ernest on film, and then um, local ghost hunters I guess catch wind of this, and they're they're trying to get rid of Ernest. But uh, I mean, it looks fun. It's also this really weird uh, thing where I think I could tell that the director was not. Black because the story sort of shifts to, or at least what I could see from the trailer, the story shifts to focus more on Ernest, who's the white man, um, instead of the black family. So <laughs> that was interesting. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. Whereas, like the Strays, it was very visibly written and directed by a black person. It it like it was just like that sort of like tone shift. Not only tone shift, but also just like the focus of the story and stuff. There's definitely a stark difference in how it felt. Um but yeah, that's that's movies. I don't know, have you are you paying attention to any movies or anything?
1: Um, I mean I have movies I'm really excited for, yeah. not any that that are coming out this month. Okay. But, um in general. Like the Barbie movie is going to be my joker. Like I watch it over <laughs> right now. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. It does look um,
0: really cute.
1: It looks so good. Like, it looks the exact level of, like, fun yeah. that I was hoping this movie would have. Like, I was worried it was kind of, kind of try and go, like, serious. And I was like, it's a Barbie movie. Yeah,
0: what's Barbie going to do? Like, like what is serious Barbie, Barbie
1: does everything. I don't need Barbie to do super serious things. Right. Like, I need Barbie to just... Like let it be fun. Let people go enjoy it. That's that's all I want. Exactly. Um oh I am excited for the Marvels because the Yes. It looks really good. I like the director. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm really excited to see I mean, I like all three of them. Yeah. But when it comes to Marvel, I have very like specific people I like. Mm-hmm. Like X Men has generally been my big thing. Yeah and and if it's not X-Men if we're going to like Avengerland and like non X-Men people like I love Monica Rambeau yep. I love Photon so I'm very excited mm-hmm. um I've always loved Captain Marvel yep. and I have a secret hope that like Hulkling might make an appearance here
0: mm-hmm.
1: like young avengers and yes we can criticize how basic that taste is later um but it was the first comic i ever saw with like actual gay characters that was aimed for young adult when i was a young adult right and then of course i went to dc and found um midnighter and apollo and i was like oh this is exactly what i wanted nice and like there are like i i would say sometimes dc has more in terms of lgbtq diversity than, than marvel does sometimes I, and I don't know how much of that is Marvel's currently owned by Disney, so how mm, much of that is going to be influenced
0: by that. That's true. Yeah, because I, when I did my deep dive on Super Asian America, uh, there were more queer Asian American characters on the DC side, but I think I already told you about <laughs> Mongrel.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that is a... Uh... Did we think? Like, I just want to know.
0: Oh, you know those white people didn't think when they were making these character names. They're just like, hmm, a black uh, Vietnamese mixed person? Mm, yeah, you know what they're saying? You called
1: him Mongrel? Like, that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It still makes me. Sp- like, I just. I want to. Like, I wish I was in that writer's room, right? Yeah. When they sat down and said, his name is Mongrel. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> just. Did we.
0: No thoughts, no thought process at all.
1: Just no thought process at all went into that. Like, and and then they'll say, like, well, we weren't trying to be racist, and sure, you, but you were because calling a mixed person, especially monger, like a black black
0: mixed person.
1: a a mixed with black person mongrel, like I've had that word thrown at me, right? And it's not fun oh, no. to hear, and and like, and I don't even want to hear any kind of kind of excuse. Like he's reclaiming it because. When it comes to reclaiming, right, Mm -hmm. the character is not real. Yeah. The writer behind the character is. Right. And so if you are a white person writing, whether it be a black character or a trans character, reclaiming these slurs, that is not your place to write that. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, you are white. You cannot reclaim those slurs. Yep. And it just it leaves me with a really icky feeling. Mm Mm-hmm whenever i see and i've come across quite a few books lately in the book sphere like book talk and Mm -hmm. booktube that have like and i have my own issues with book talk i have a lot of issues with book Talk sometimes (laughs) okay because critical thinking is not something that happens over there oh it's true fairly often and no offense to anybody on book talk like (laughs) there's some really great book talkers but like small aside, and which is tangentially unrelated yes is that with like recently with like the rise of transphobia and the rise especially in racism in the last like couple years mm-hmm. especially in the book a community you have like people who like uh, defend some of these authors who are heinous right and they're like well it's fine because it's in a novel and, and and it's like well i'm not saying we should police art what i am saying is that there is a way to write things and there's a way to not write things and be like un like insensitive to mm-hmm. these real people who are basing these things off of. Yep. Exactly. And then for largely white audiences to sit there and like make comments like accepting apologies from these authors. It's like that's not your place to do. Exactly. And I thought that we had established this like 10 years ago. But apparently happen? we we keep needing to have these conversations just like I mean, what's happening now? I was trying to do a fun transition for you.
0: (laughs) You teed it up really well. Um, Right, you're welcome. Yeah, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will get into that main content. So, (laughs) Sit tight all right and we are back from the break uh rose so gracefully teed me up and then i was like hold on we have to take a break (laughs) um but so the the main topic for today is um this is actually something that i've been wanting to do for a while with the podcast and i guess it's just been like very conveniently timed such that like each episode that i've had has been linked like primarily to um like a piece of media with like nothing really further or deeper than that. Um but this time we're going to be talking about um one aspect of being a queer person of color and that's intersectionality. Um so like Ro mentioned transphobia and stuff in in the book world and so this is sort of the perfect tee up for the pop culture tie-in which um is Hogwarts Legacy um for those of you who don't know because I've given zero airtime to this game on my show. Um, it is supposed to be like a Hogwarts open world game where you get to explore the wizarding world as you know, developed by Joanna Rowling herself. Um, which uh, once you start to really pick at it, um, it really becomes very clear that she's very bad at world building. Um, so it's very the only thing that I really want to mention of it is like this one review that I read, which is the game is powered entirely by nostalgia, and like once that all wears off. Um, there's there's nothing left, so it's a very empty game. But um, as folks may know, Joanna Rowling is uh, the author of the Harry Potter books, known as J.K. Rowling. But I'm going to call her by her first name here, Joanna, because she uh, the way that she or her author name is to like was to I think help her get published because people would think she was a man. Anyways. Um, her transphobia has fueled a lot of, you know, transphobia as well as racism and anti-Semitism has um, really played a huge part in building the world of Harry Potter, and um, this transphobia and her bigotry as well has also like, not necessarily I think fueled single-handedly the increase of uh, transphobia in the UK, but like, it certainly doesn't do anything to stop it, Um, And so there was, unfortunately, recently um, the murder of a young white trans girl named Brianna Gay. um, And people were mourning her, and appropriately so. Um, And on Twitter, they were using this hashtag, uh, say her name, which uh, is not what they really should have been doing, because say her name is a phrase reserved specifically for... Black women who have been murdered, and um, that obviously includes black trans women as well, um, because the murder of black women tends to be ignored by mainstream media. So, using it here for Brianna gay is actually quite disrespectful. Um, and, like, Brianna's white, so she gets that attention in the news and everything. Um, but basically, a lot of what ended up happening online was white queer folks were asked to, hey, please don't use this phrase. It means this specific thing. Um, and there were some people who ended up coming up with a better phrase, which was her name is Brianna. Um, and that's what they've used to, to mourn her and you know bring attention to her and everything. Um, but the whole thing that Ro and I wanted to talk about is just like the experience of being both, like, a person of color and, like, specifically a queer person of color and, like, how it, you know, just, like, being in community with other queer people of color and um, just, like, what that looks like because I think, I think there's a lot to be said for community building among people, queer people of color because, like, the queer experience is so tied up in, like, being white. Um, so, yeah, that's... <laughs> it's a very long walk to like the to where we're going but yeah um.
1: I think like first and foremost there has never been or well I can't say there's never been because that's not the appropriate thing to say but I I think right now is a very good time for community building for queer people especially given the rise in transphobic hate crimes that Mm -hmm. has skyrocketed across both the U.S. and the UK yep and it is specifically due to the rhetoric that J.K. Rowling and her turfs mm-hmm. have used. Yep. But and it's not fully on them. It's also on the way people like Matt Walsh mm-hmm. and um other like right wing pundits have kind of brought into this weird narrative of like groomers and pedophiles yep. which is specifically done to elicit fear. Mm-hmm into the hearts of the american public because the right wing needs a scapegoat yep. for problems and and they're making this narrative of stuff that one has never happened mm-hmm. and if it has happened it's like maybe one person who just so happened to be trans right and which doesn't at all mean the, the entire a community yep but and it's very weird because they'll like bitch and say that same line about White people, right? Mm-hmm. Be like, you, you, you can't paint all white people with a brush, and then they turn around and do the exact same thing to literally everybody else. Yep. And it's like, okay, so you can't have your cake and eat it too, sweetheart. Um, exactly. But the really scary thing is that, and this is something like I've talked about with my students mm-hmm. when one of them brought up um, women and, and trans women in sports because mm-hmm. she's a female athlete. Yep. And She just wanted to, like, talk about it in class because, like, she was really frustrated about the way they were portraying um, this trans girl who just wanted to swim. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how if you are white and cis, you have never had your identity debated on a national stage. Right. Like, you have never been called, your very existence has not been questioned on a national stage. Yep. And it's not simply a matter of we don't like trans people. It's a matter of we don't think trans people should have the right to exist, yep, and that is very scary. And we are now in a one step away from eugenics.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: I don't think people fully grasp that concept very often is that it is and like and by people, I mean like your average everyday like centrist to who right wing American who's sitting here. Parroting stuff that they've heard on the news because they think it's right and they trust stuff that they see on on Facebook, especially the older (laughs) generation. Yes, unfortunately. Right. Who's like parroting the stuff that they hear.
0: Yep.
1: And one, because, and this also, I think, goes for both sides of the aisle here Mm -hmm. is that journalistic integrity sometimes is oh, just man. not a thing that happens when it comes to american politics yes and there are some really fantastic journalists absolutely but there's also some really shitty journalists and it's not just
0: right-wing journalists that are guilty of this either. right right i mean like definitely not because
1: we all know what happens during the election <laughs> cycle
0: right and also just gonna say like right now especially like linking this with um, you know, transphobia and stuff like the New York times just got, they like received an open letter being like, Hey, it's really not cool that you're platforming transphobia. And New York times was just like, um, no, we're not. And then they posted an op-ed in defense of Joanna Rowling herself. <laughs> right. And
1: then I'm just like, what does she need you to defend her from? She is a billionaire. Yeah. Like she doesn't need anybody's like, she's, she's rich. She doesn't, she also doesn't care about your uh, defense of her.
0: Right, she's got like I, her own little lawyer squad. Like, she's already, um, she's basically threatened to sue. I think people on Twitter who are in the UK for defamation. Um, the great news is that if you are in the US, uh, UK libel laws do not apply to us. So, if you're in the US, feel free to dunk on Joanna Rolling on Twitter all you want.
1: <laughs> right, and like, but a big thing is is that they use. That and other kind of fear tactics to keep you quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's because they have huge accounts, right? Yep. And they can just throw their, their followers at you. And it's like, at the end of the day, you still have to live with the fact... That the rhetoric that you chose to put out into the world now has very real consequences. Yep. That there is blood both figuratively and literally on your hands at the moment. Exactly. And and the most egregious thing is seeing people, like, specifically, like, dead name Mm -hmm. her and then call her boy. And it's infuriating because she's she died she was murdered and i don't understand why you choose now to try to get a reaction post out
0: of this and and
1: all it is like i don't even think that the people doing that care one way or the other they just want to make somebody mad
0: right and this is going back to what you said earlier about like uh people acting one way and then doing completely the opposite um, you know, whenever some right-wing person in the in the States passes away, like, I think the, the last one that I remember doing this for was, like, John McCain. People were like, oh, you should respect the dead, and, was like, but should I? Because he's like, John McCain doesn't have a great track record of <laughs> being a shining beacon of, like, austerity or anything or like helping people and like you know contrast that with Brianna who was literally 16 when she was murdered like people are being disrespectful with her and i'm just like okay so you'll respect this person who is like probably like a literal war criminal or like you know doing shit to actively make life worse for people and then we're going to you're going to like honor them but then you will disrespect this young girl who has literally her entire life ahead of her like what's what's going on yeah it's very sad but i mean also like you said this is a big reason of why i um wanted to put this podcast together in general like just this show overall because i think there's an important thing to be an important link to be made between um Art and pop culture, and and its impacts on society. Like, it, culture is this thing um, that is both created and created by people, but also influenced by people. Like, culture is a is a, a very much like a two way street. And so, sure, Hogwarts Legacy itself, like maybe directly, has not caused the murder of Brianna Gay, but the thought and the ideology that went into the building and the creation of the world of hogwarts legacy has has actual real life consequences
1: right and that's not even touching on the Mm
0: anti-semitism in the game yes exactly yeah i figured (laughs) since neither of us are jewish (laughs) we can just focus on the at least the impact of like or just the fallout and everything of just like people white white queer folks not acknowledging the fact that um being a person of color and also being queer like those identities aren't separate um I did find somebody who was like being black and being trans means you're two separate entities which is very strange (laughs) it's very (laughs) weird it's like I don't think you know how identity works but sure um so yeah that was that was the main reason why I wanted to focus on like community building and like I I think the number one thing to remember with community building is that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to rub people the wrong way because when you're, especially being a queer person, like when you're community building, you're going to run up against people from all sorts of different ethnicities and backgrounds and having a more diverse queer community is ultimately going to just benefit us all in the long run just because like you get to respect and appreciate all these different backgrounds and cultures that make us who we are um and i think you know this was very much the same as the (laughs) previous episode that you were on row we were talking about fire island and just like how white queerness is just so homogenous and like it's white queer folks just seem to think that they're queer and that's like their marginalized identity and that they have never ever been white that
1: is like it's absolutely wild to me that for some reason they think that their whiteness and their queerness are two separate things Mm -hmm. and their queerness triumphs over their whiteness but if you were to put the average like Let's say the average muscle gay, right? <laughs> okay. Out yeah. on the st- streets, they're going to be clocked as white first. Exactly. Like, unless they're, like, visibly queer. Right. Unless they will be thought of as white first, white male first. Yep. yep. And that is a very important
0: distinction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I made a, a tweet about this earlier in the week because um, I was just seeing a lot of stuff from white queer folks specifically you know basically parroting exactly what we'd said before was the problem of like oh well why can't we use this you guys are being too sensitive with the whole say her name phrase um like why can't we use this you guys are being racist whatever and um yeah i i like i know for myself too i also feel like i tend to lead with my asian american identity i'm kind of queer second um and, like, that's how people see me out in the world. I don't think I'm easily clockable as queer. So, like, I when I'm out maneuvering in the world, I am, I am first and foremost a, an Asian-American man. Um, and it's just really weird to think of people, like, not recognizing their other identity because it's just so default and, like, normal, I guess. Oh!
1: Yeah, like when I'm, especially like at the gym, and I'm just wearing like regular gym clothes, I am a person of color first. Mm-hmm. Like either they know I'm mixed, or they think I'm Hispanic. Right. Which living in the South is most people are they're going to think one or the other. Right. And most of the time they're not going to think I'm mixed. They're going to think I'm either Hispanic or Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. And which. Is another podcast episode in <laughs> of itself. Yes. So, like, I am not visibly clocked as queer sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I am, like, of course I'll get, like, thrown slurs at me. Yep. And it is a really hard thing to take. Mm-hmm. And it's... And, like, yeah, there, there's always those stories of, like... And we said this right back to him. I'm like, yeah, more power to you. But like sometimes it's just such a shock. Yep. And you're just like kind of frozen for a minute of like, wait, fuck. The and then you internally question, like, what am I wearing? What was I doing? Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't have to do that. Exactly. But especially right now, it's scary because what comes with with being seen as queer, and especially if you are someone who is femme presenting, mm-hmm. runs the additional risk. Of now being called a groomer, yep. Of being called a pedophile, and those have actual violence associated with them, mm-hmm. and and those have actual crimes associated with them, which you which you most likely have never even thought about in your entire life, right? Until now, suddenly you're, you're being called these things, and it's because it is a very concise effort to attack queer people on a large scale, yep. And what irritates me to no end is the whole movement like one away from the word queer which is a whole other a whole other topic (laughs) yes but you have like the lgbs without the t's Mm -hmm. who who are just like yeah we're not part of those groomers like baby girl um (laughs) quick question for you what do you think is going to happen to you when they are done with us right like do you think that they're going to save you because you were the good one? Because that's not what's going to happen. Exactly.
0: That's the question I have for conservatives of color as well. It's just like, do you think you're safe?
1: <laughs> like, do you think you're safe because you're one of the good ones? Because you're not. They will never look at you Yep. the same way they look at their white counterparts. Yep.
0: Specifically their counter white counterparts. Like Ever.
1: Like You're not going to be like, that. Like, what was it? Like, like little Miss Nikki Haley earlier this week with like america's not racist okay then (laughs) miss mama um so why did you go by nikki instead of nimrata right right because you were running in south carolina you were my governor i remember you girly um nimrata i know who you are yeah and nobody in south carolina knew you were a person of color right nobody knew that yeah nobody knew that yep like nobody knew uh, you were a minority until you said it. And then we were all like, oh, I remember <laughs> in high school people being like, she lied to us. I would never, oh. like, 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 even people were like, I would never have voted for her. Well, not, like, my friends in high school, but, like, I remember adults around me would be saying that. Mm-hmm. If we had known, it's like, girl, you know that you would not have won. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: If you didn't whitewash yourself Mm -hmm. and that's what these lgbs without the t's are trying to do they're trying to straight wash themselves into being respectable or being accepted Mm -hmm. and here's the thing you are going to be given a choice after they're done with us and it's either going to be die or convert to straightness yep that is your choices they're not going to let you continue fucking the same gender like i hope you understand that <laughs> because you are not safe in this yep. you are just you have picked your own safety over the the safety of your greater uh, community and that's only going to last until yeah hopefully you know hopefully it the, doesn't happen <laughs> right but like worst case a scenario here is yeah, like we are looking at some pretty dire times. Like, we're not in a great place. Like, it feels like queer rights have moved back, mm-hmm. like, by like 15 years. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, we have marriage, but like, that doesn't really mean too much. It was very much like all the people who are like, oh, you can get married now. It's like, okay, cool, but that like doesn't stop black trans women from being murdered in the streets. That uh, doesn't stop hate crimes. That doesn't stop me being called a slur. Doesn't stop Roe from being called a slur. Um, yeah, like marriage doesn't solve everything. If, if anything, it's just basically the United States government saying, sure, we will acknowledge that two men or two women, basically two people can now serve as one taxable entity. That's it. <laughs> That's literally it. Right.
1: Like they've put so much religious connotation on like mundane things yep and then they get mad right that we're just like okay well i'm not your religion like i'm not yeah like like i'm not christian i don't i don't care Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what your book has to say about me right and it's really annoying that you think i should care like you think my life should be dictated by your religion and when we say that out loud, like, do we do we hear how like wild that is? Right, especially that, since like,
0: this country is built on like the tenet of religious freedom.
1: Right, like like it is a religious freedom, which means I should be free from any right. Religion. I
0: can do whatever the hell I want with my religion. Right, you can do whatever you want, and both of us can are equally recognized and uh, safe from persecution.
1: Right, like it should not. Um, it's just it's a lot. It's It's so frustrating and honestly heartbreaking that, like,
0: we have to keep having these conversations. It absolutely is. And I, like, I'm just thinking about the community building aspect and also something that you mentioned before of, like, people trying to basically camouflage themselves, whether it be you're a person of color and you're trying to hide that, or you're a queer person and you're trying to hide that. Um, And that's something that I've noticed specifically a lot with like a lot of Asian American guys in New York City where I live um there's a lot of just like flattening of cultural identity because of the desire to be to fit in with like the popular gays and the popular queer people who tend to be white um and like I <laughs> and I've also, I think I've talked to Ro about this before, but, like, a lot of the guys that I, I find attractive, unfortunately, have the personality of wet cardboard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that is because, like, I feel like they're trying to lead with, of course, this is me projecting a little bit, but, like, I feel like they're trying to lead with their queer identity first, and there's nothing wrong with that, but also, like, if you're denying, like, other parts of yourself, like, if you're not being your your most true, authentic self, and, like, i i feel like there's something to be said for like i i'm sad for those people because it's like damn like how weird and how, how much does it suck to be like in community with these people who like don't understand like maybe some of what you do culturally and who will never understand who will never try to understand like that's that is really sad to me like i right and like This is, I think, um, as I mentioned before, like, Ro Ro and I have spent more time together recently because they started playing Overwatch. But, like, we're... Our friend group, I think, is fairly diverse. And, like, I feel very comfortable being myself. Um, And, like, if anything, this is actually more... Like, being in, in this friend group has, like, helped a lot more with feeling connected to, like, the queer community because, like... We have, it's mostly gay men, but we also have, like, trans men. We have queer folks just in general, like, in this group. And it's really helped me to nourish my my queer identity. And then I have a lot of people on Twitter where I'm, like, leading with my Asian American identity. And I feel, like, very nourished and connected there. Um, so, like, it's, I don't know. Like, having this community and this connection, like, can really help you with feeling, like, You're able to fully be yourself. Um, And, like, I know that when I spend too much time with, like, white folks, it's very much like, okay, well, I can't say this because people might get upset. And that's, like, a touchy subject. Um, And it sucks to have to filter different parts of your identity for different people.
1: All right. And you can't make this joke. (laughs) Uh, 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 Like, they will get upset because they will not understand this Mm -hmm. context. Mm -hmm. No, I think... Having a queer friend group is so important, mm-hmm. and I remember like back in October when I went to um, a big bad con mm-hmm. and had uh, that dinner at uh, that POC scholar dinner with um, like gaming industry uh, professionals that were all people of color. I have never felt so seen in
0: a room in my entire life. That is really amazing, and I. It i would love for you to talk more about it because i think we've talked about it a little bit but i don't think i've gotten like the full you've been able to like express your full joy about it because it just sounds amazing
1: it was one of the most fulfilling things that really like solidified my like wanting to to break into this industry Mm -hmm. but it was also a moment where everyone was trying to like lift each other up right like everyone was like we want to support you. We we want to be friends. We want to like have a seat at the table. And I remember Ajit saying like he wants to own that table. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that like we're taking that seat back. Mm-hmm. And it is such a it, it was such a wonderful powerful thing. Versus my experiences with academia, and it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: very much. Generally being the only person of color in the room at any given medieval studies event. Right. Or normally being one of very few queer people in the room. Like, we Mm -hmm. all make this joke that, like, English is very queer. And it is. Yeah. There's a lot of LGBT people in English. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of cis people in English. Right, right. And even then, there's not as many queer folks in English as you think that there are. Mm -hmm. In undergrad, yes. And the (laughs) PhD (laughs) level, no.
0: Yeah. That that tracks...
1: but they're all kind of cutthroaty sometimes, right. and I don't want to like uh, diminish my friend groups I've made here at mm-hmm. all. But we all know deep down we're all going for the same like two or three jobs afterwards, right. right? And it is very much like yeah, we all support each other, but at the same time,
0: you have to do what you. Want I, I, I have you. seen
1: some horrendous competition, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. Like I mean, I think. Being a competitive for a job market is a good thing. Like, right, Like, right. you should be a competitive and you should absolutely try your hardest mm-hmm. to get the, the job that you want. Yep. But the level of, like, backstabbing mm-hmm. and bullshittery that, that, that goes on in academia is very gross. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: it also, and it's left me feeling really alienated mm-hmm. because I know I'm a very easy scapegoat mm-hmm. when it comes to things. Yep. Or that, or from a very easy token, because right. I'm light-skinned enough to where I'm palatable for a wider audience, mm-hmm. and I'm charismatic enough where they can tote me out and be like, look, look what our little biracial is doing. <laughs> and it's really, it's really frustrating. Yeah. And sometimes leaves a really gross taste in my mouth. And I mean, I've gotten lucky with, like, a faculty that support me and mm-hmm. want to, like, help me with my, like, social outreach projects. Right. But then, there's there's some that are so resistant, like like we had um like race training and like um, pronoun training mm-hmm. because we had a couple of students who were like v- being really violently misgendered. Oh no! And some faculty just like pitched a fit about it.
0: But mm-hmm.
1: it's like, okay, well, you need this, so sit down, shut up, and listen right. because I don't care that you have tended. Or like t- a Tinder, I don't no, care no. if you have Tinder. I, I, I don't care. that you have like like tenure. I don't like no. just because you're old does not mean you cannot learn new things. Right. Um. Sorry, hate to break it to you. I don't besties. <laughs> but like it, it was it, 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 it like like it was high key frustrating to kind of like deal with that nonsense. Oh,
0: absolutely. Which I mean, I'm I'm just glad that you were able to ex- t- have have a taste of like the joy of being in community with like people who share similar interests and who are very much like I'm here to raise you up and to, to claim the table um, and also to just like leave the door open. Cause I know like that's a mindset that I've taken into my industry. Cause I'm in biotech and I mean, <laughs> I guess fortunately slash unfortunately very like Asian dominated, but like I know when I was looking at um, interns and co-ops, like, college students to help, like coming in to do internships at my company. It was very much like, I would like to make sure that I'm giving more opportunities to people who um, are not white because these, you know, the industry is very biotech is still very like white heavy. Um, A lot of leadership positions are like, are, are white people. Um, and so, like, I try to always just like really look at okay, well, what does successful really mean? You know, all that, all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you were able to have that experience and and to get to see like, oh, the world is actually the world can be different <laughs> outside of academia.
1: It's a really refreshing feeling, and that's why like a lot of people are leaving they the university job market because. Mm-hmm. One, there's no jobs going around. Right, <laughs> that's the just the nasty realization of things. Right, is that for the the, the amount of PhD candidates that are going on the market soon, there's no jobs going around. And with the way the language against queer folks is being leveraged right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's really a scary time to be queer and on the job market because right. a lot of companies just don't want to deal with it, mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, universities don't want to deal with it. Right like they will say until they're blue in the face that like we're very open and inclusive but like yeah i have been on like phd or not phd but like faculty hiring not committees but when they like meet of the grads Mm -hmm. and i have seen people at different universities misgender candidates on purpose and like i'll never forget when like one grad student was like yeah i did that uh, uh, to, uh, to see if she could handle it
0: like excuse me
1: who the fuck are you like who the fuck are you
0: yeah to see i'm
1: sorry like what the wow. fuck is this like to, to like is this hell's kitchen like <laughs> are you gordon ramsay of the english <laughs> department <laughs> like what the fuck this is this hell's kitchen of course to my uh, university's credit when i told one of my uh, professors this the level of outrage on her face yeah like, because we do have uh, professors here that are really trying, like, mm-hmm. absolutely trying. And the, like, irritating thing is, like, those that, like, don't need this training or don't need this kind of a, di- a discussion mm-hmm. are the first ones who show up anyway.
0: Right. Exactly. Because they... they <laughs> because
1: they know. Yeah. And, and they care about their students, right? Like, yep. they actively care about their students. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a, well, we want to make everyone happy. No. It, 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 it is a, we respect you. Yep. And we see you as a human being. Yep. Because, and this is what I don't think people quite get sometimes, is that if you see someone else, especially in, like, a work position or in the academy, is that if you see someone as a person and give them that respect, then they are going to do better. Yep. In that position, because... They're not having to be worried that they're not going to get the respect that they are owed just as a human
0: being. Exactly.
1: And that's what it all boils down to, right? Is that Exactly, like, yep. Why can I not have the same respect as this person over here? Like, why? Yep. Because I have a different lifestyle that you don't agree with? Well, guess what? I don't
0: give a fuck. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the whole respect thing is exactly what all of this, like, even the real life tie for this episode right the whole like white queer people being like why can't we say why can't we say say her name for brianna it's just like because this is the context we need you to respect the context because things have not changed enough to the point where we are giving equal coverage to black trans women who are murdered like ideally we don't want black trans women to be murdered um right but like can we please respect that this is something that we use specifically in this particular situation and this is the meaning of it like there is mean like yeah words have meaning but like <laughs> like <laughs> this specifically like has a very specific meaning of like i like we're trying to bring attention to this woman and the dignity of her life um, and I'm, I'm glad that people were able to come up with like a different hashtag to use, which is yeah. oh, her name is Brianna. Like you're still able to get the message across without taking directly from black culture and not appropriating it and basically being disrespectful to black people. Like this is genuinely like all of this could have been avoided if <laughs> we were just saying like if white queer folks were saying, You know what? That's cool. I respect you and your ownership of this phrase. Let's try and come up with something else. Like, that was... Like, why was that, like, pulling teeth? Like, why? Exactly. (laughs) Because at the end of
1: the day, we all know that words and language are important and they matter, especially in times like these Mm -hmm. and because they'll fall back with a, now is not the time, but now is the time because it would have more power if you gave her her own
0: Mm -hmm. hashtag.
1: And that's what you're not seeing because by co-opting a hashtag specifically made for black women and Mm -hmm. black trans women. And for some reason thinking that you can co-opt that, is heinous yep. and also it's i mean it's always like a uh, stems down to everything black women do gets co-opted mm-hmm. by a white person yes and it's gross because you could just give a brianna her own hashtag that still you that still gives her that sense of dignity that mm-hmm. she's being denied by the media exactly and, and then like let's make it very clear that like brianna is being uh, denied her own dignity in death mm-hmm. by a people who denied her dignity in life right and it is disgusting to see like people who hate trans people using this as some kind of weird gotcha
0: mm-hmm.
1: like she just she was murdered and of course the, the whole like well, the police have said it might not be a hate crime. Yes, because the police are so reliable <laughs> police... on deciding what is and is not a hate crime.
0: Right, the police have looked at their own dirty assholes and said, nothing to see here, we're all clean. <laughs> like
1: Right, and, like, and let's also be honest with ourselves, because I remember years ago... When the same people were, like, also talking about, like, you cannot trust the police, especially when it comes to, like, women's rights. Which we all agreed with. Mm -hmm. We all were like, yeah, no, you are correct. So why is this any different? Like, why is this different? Is it because you were upset that this uh, 16-year-old decided to live her life the way she wanted to? Right. Because it makes them so mad. That someone is comfortable in their life. Mm-hmm. And so they have... Because they're not comfortable in theirs. Right. And that's what it boils down to. Yep. Is that they want to take away the, the respect and dignity of a dead 16-year-old.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And it. she's 16. It's just like... Y'all... She was a child. Right.
1: Like, she never got a prom. Never got... Anything that she should have gotten in her life. I don't know if
0: they had promised the UK. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I was just
1: But like like she didn't get to turn eighteen, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't get to reach adulthood. Yep. And and it is because rhetoric against trans people have been so inflamed. Yep. And like if it turns out it wasn't a hate crime, which we all know it was, but if it turns out it wasn't it still doesn't absolve people in the comments mm-hmm. denying her dignity. Right. Like, I don't think by like misgendering her and then being like, oh, this poor boy, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, you aren't doing that because you care about her. You're doing it to elicit a reaction because you want to own the transes. Like,. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, like, they're gonna realize one one day, one, Twitter isn't real. It's not a real place.
0: Um <laughs> Sorry. We say it's, both, uh, like, very on, on Twitter people.
1: <laughs> right, like, like, I'm, don't, like, sorry about it, but, like.
0: Twitter's not real.
1: Please. Half of you would not say this. Right to a person's face in
0: in real because life because you
1: knew you uh, you would get your asses handed to you
0: right that and also just like faced with the fear of actually saying this to a real life person like it's like what right. we mentioned earlier of if somebody calls you a slur it's like sure I I like try and have something witty and like ready and fired up but like the when when the reality comes around and like you're faced with a real person like spouting stuff at you it's like oh I don't. Oh shit! Like it's the the shock, and like you f- like sometimes people freeze, and like that's just how how it is. And so I mean, also to say, like there are some people who prob- who spout bigotry online who probably would not be brave enough to say their terrible opinions to that person's face in real life. So uh yes, no. Twitter's not real.
1: And then there of course there are people who are and who will be very violent about it, mm-hmm. and. The thing is that this rhetoric is doing is emboldening people who would be violent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Is giving them a sense of, well, obviously we're right. And it's like, you're not right. Yeah. Like, how? I'm sorry, but like wishing violence on somebody because they're different than you is not okay. Like, I just don't understand. And it's, of course, I don't understand because, like, <laughs> I don't know how you, you could just sit here and like, say shit like, well, obviously she deserved to die because right. blah, blah, blah. Like she, no. Like, she oh, was she a 16-year-old was... living her life. Yeah. Like, no one d- deserves
0: that. Yeah, like, she's so different from me. Like, I can't imagine uh, that she should be able to live. Just absolutely wild. So, yeah. Like, I I don't know. In in conclusion, like, transphobia is obviously bad. Um, that's not the main point. But, like, the, like... Once again walking the whole making the whole walk that we did at the beginning of, of this segment, like uh Joanna Rowling's game, like, she wasn't directly involved in it, but she built the world, like her transphobia and all the bigotry that like she has made it into that game and that, sure, that's art, but also, like, that ideology has directly influenced so many people. So many people have seen, like, okay, well, this author who I admire has greenlit my ideology, so I must be, like, it must be fine to, like, go out and act on it. Um, and, like, I just think that we as queer people of color, as I mentioned, like, stop trying to flatten yourself stop trying to flatten your identity to fit in with white queer people um, the good ones will hang out with you and spend time with you um, regardless of your ethnicity like I I don't mean to say like okay well like queer people like queer people of color like are the best and like should you know should only find community with ourselves I'm saying that's that's helpful but like the people like, I don't know, just don't shy away from try and nourish all parts of your identity. I think it's like my, my biggest yeah. thing. And like the people who are in favor of that, like the good ones will come with you. Um, so yeah, don't, <laughs> don't try and pander to the white queer folks. It's not going to, it might lead to some temporary popularity, but like overall, I don't think it, it leads to you being happy. Um, yeah. Anything that you want to add?
1: They will never pick you. They will never pick Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, they're never going to pick you. You're not the chosen one. You're not one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm oh, sorry. I'm mainly talking about um. gays who are like, oh God. Yeah. Trying to like distance themselves from being gay. Yep. And then like, if you are just like, I mean, it, it, if your personality is like, quote unquote, masculine oh, or whatever oh bullshit. God. Like, sure, fine, whatever. I don't care. Like, like sports, drink beer, drive a (laughs) 18-wheeler. I I don't care. Do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. But to shame other gays for being thin is a problem.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And to shame trans people for literally just existing. Yep is also a problem yep and to be so obsessed with your own genitals that you feel the need to obsess over someone you don't know
0: seek (laughs) therapies just seek treatment get help
1: like any like touch some grass can you stop Um, being
0: so fucking creepy
1: (laughs) eat some pasta Eat a Kit Kat or something. You'll feel better. Or whatever the fuck you that was, meme is. What was it? Uh,
0: the commercial? Snickers? You're not you when you're on Eat
1: a Snickers! Like, <laughs> eat a Snickers. Please eat a Snickers. Like, I think my final thoughts on this is, the, well, like, my current final thoughts <laughs> is that
0: one, to deny
1: one part of the community
0: mm-hmm.
1: basic existence yep. is what straight people did to us for years. hmm and because they are the easy scapegoat for all of the, like, homophobia that can now be transferred into transphobia, because it's not great to be homophobic now, right? Like, we've yeah. like we've come to a place where, like, being openly against gay people in general is seen as a social taboo. Right. How That doesn't include gay pe- people who are visibly and openly queer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And challenging gender norms. So, mm-hmm. drag queens, gays who are a little too femme. Yep. And then that also gets transferred onto trans people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, now, because I mean, transphobia is not a new thing and it's always been here, but now it is socially acceptable to be transphobic in public. Right, And it's more socially acceptable
0: mm-hmm.
1: because now people can be like, well, I'm just concerned about my children. They're trying to rape my kids. No one gives a mm-hmm. shit about your kids sorry um but like no like most key people i know don't, don't even fucking want kids right like no one is out to harm your kids no one is out here trying to trans your children right like most trans people i know fully believe that like a child's gender expression is their own Thing that they will come into on their own
0: time right and that's i think and the thing that right. people forget is like kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for right um, like they already know yeah they
1: already know yep and this whole idea of like well if they see a trans person they'll become trans that's not that's not a thing that's not how <laughs> psychology works um I have seen multiple straight people. I have seen multiple straight people worked. have sex. <laughs> that has and, not worked for either of us, <laughs> right? And I'm over here not being straight, so I don't understand. So I didn't turn straight. Um, I was around multiple cis people my entire life.
0: Look how not... well that turned out for you,
1: <laughs> right? So no one is transing your kids. Yeah. Um, and if by saying that, like, we support kids figuring out their gender identity is not the same thing of we're going like the most heinous thing i've ever seen was like they're trying to perform genital mutilation on a baby no one is giving a child sex reassignment surgery the fuck yeah. are you talking about like no one is doing that no one has suggested that right no that's not a thought on anyone's mind but yours which is very weird yep like if you were out here thinking about people wanting to 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 mutilate kids genitals because no one is thinking about that no one is sitting here thinking yeah we gotta go do a sexual reassignment surgery for this 12 year old no one is saying that no one has said that no one will say that also it's it's a fundamental misunderstanding of laws uh, that are in place and how that whole procedure works like if you want to have an intelligent conversation about it then you need to go look up Unbiased journal articles, mm-hmm. not stuff from Breitbart, not stuff from, from Fox News, <laughs> not from known turfs. Hell, don't even do it from like Trans Rights Act. Did this, I guess, but like, general, just go look up the the fucking laws and, and procedures yourself because I'm almost certain you cannot get a sex reassignment surgery below the age of like sixteen. It might even be higher than that, actually. Yeah, I don't, I.
0: Also, and also don't know but
1: yeah 100 But to get surgery it also is a lot to go through mm-hmm. like like it's not a they a, you check in and say hey I want top surgery or I want a sex reassignment surgery can you do that now and they said yeah I'll schedule you for a Tuesday of next week that's not how that works <laughs> that's not how that works um that's not at all how that works <laughs> there's a whole long drawn out process yes and so, like, and also because now I'm ranting, um, <laughs> is that like, and yeah, there's a, this whole thing about like, but what about de-transitioners? They de-transition. Like, I don't that's know what you business. want me to say. Yeah, like that's their business. That's not my business. Yeah, if they want to de-transition. Okay, I support them in that. Yep. Sure, that is their right to do that.
0: Yep. That's Absolutely. What makes them most comfortable? Yep. That's, right. That's literally. Like. It. Like.
1: <laughs> If they transitioned and and realized this was not the right move for me, well, that's human nature sometimes. Like, sure, fine, that's okay. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you're a traitor. Like, no, like, by all means, do you transition? But if you do that and then say, this is my, like, my experience is what every trans person goes through, then that's a problem because you know that's not true. You know that's not true.
0: Yep. So in summary, number one, eat a Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> number two, um, just respect people. Um, and of course, number three, don't play fucking Hogwarts Legacy. It's just so easy to do. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so P- we're going to play take God
1: of War instead. Yes. It's better. It's a better game.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with the final segment. And we are back from the break. I hope everybody has drunk some water. And- I had a Snickers. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, because, as we said, you're not you when you're hungry. Um, I can't believe we've had <laughs> Bigot Row on the podcast this entire time. <laughs> um, so, as usual, for our last segment, um, this is called What's Your Nonsense, where uh, we get to talk about, and I also, I think I revamped this a little bit since the last time you were on Row, um, but basically this is where we talk about something um, either uh, we are we are interested in or like passionate about that something seems like nobody else is really into or just something that makes you feel happy because I you know this there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world especially if you're a queer person of color things can get pretty tough so um, yeah what's your nonsense is there anything that you've you've seen or done or like experienced recently that has brought you joy or like something that nobody else seems to be talking about
1: Oh, that almost can't be talking about
0: anything really. But,
1: well, but say, well, like now I can't say Overwatch because that's been on
0: my mind. <laughs> hey, no, I mean, if that's your, if that is your nonsense, if that's something that's been bringing you joy, that's that's it.
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, oh,
0: like I said, it could I read be, this. It could re- be Overwatch well, if you want.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, and like, yes, I'm aware of like the like issues with Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And we do not have time to go, go no. into why that is a little bit different no. at the moment. Yes. Um, I have been playing... I mean, of course, I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. That's generally what I do mm-hmm. um, in my spare time. But I'm trying to think if I a... Oh, yeah. So I finally actually played God of War 2018.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Is this the...
1: That's the first one in the, like, revamped okay, series. Okay, okay. So the first in the Norse saga. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Um, The Valkyries kicked my ass, did not expect them to have instant kills, and they did.
0: Oh, damn. But I'm
1: glad that they kicked my ass. If I was going to have my ass kicked, I'm glad it was by a Valkyrie. I said,
0: thank you. Um,
1: I said, thank you, ma'am. I understand. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Miss Mama. Very But yeah, that's my nonsense.
0: I Love it. I love it. Um, And that's also, I I think you were you're talking earlier, you know, your experience playing that with your boyfriend just being like wait a minute hold on we need to talk about the mythology because and then you just like geek out on it and that's just honestly i'm so happy when i get to hear about my friends just like freaking out about like their own things because like there's i don't know there's nothing better than being friends with people and getting to see my friends getting excited about their own things so that's awesome um so that is god of war the 2018 edition um if you have not played I played a little bit of the original God of War series. Um, I know Ro has their beef with it because Greek gods are not supposed to be able to be killed. Um, <laughs> right. It's not uh, thing that happened. It's not something that happens. Um, but it seems like the new God of War, um, like the, the Norse saga has been pretty good so far. So check that out. If you have not already, um, my nonsense is something we talked about at the beginning of the episode. It's Octopath 2. Um, I'm going to my brief spiel here is you do not need to have played Octopath One because it's a completely separate story. There's no connections back to Octopath One except for the job classes, the weapons, um, like the the strategy system, and like some of the in game lore. But otherwise, it's a completely new thing. So pick it up if you're curious. The music is amazing. Um, Like I said, I will link uh to the video or like the music playlist um that i found on youtube so you guys can take a listen um and i don't know that's really that's really it um i really like how octopath um takes like the stereotypes of each like job class from an rpg and sort of turns them on their head i think octopath one had um mostly followed the stereotypes and now two is very much taking the stereotypes and being like how can we play with this more so i don't know very very cool stuff so that's nonsense um Ro, do you have any plugs or anything where would you like to be found on social media if you would like to be found at all
1: i would like to not be perceived okay <laughs> <laughs> um, this is enough perceiving also because i haven't like revamped anything yet that, mm-hmm. that, that i need to so okay that's fair
0: don't find Fro anywhere <laughs> don't find me (laughs) for now (laughs) for now, but don't worry. I will be found later. Love it. Um, if you like, if you like this and you want to hear more of me, you can follow me on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Kato, not Kato. That's K A H T O N O T K A Y T O. Um, Because Octopath is coming out soon, I will be trying to stream a little bit more, so we'll see if we can get that figured out. Um, And then, of course, if you liked this program of ours, um, you can support nonsense and noise on patreon.com slash nonsense and noise pod there are a few different tiers to support um tier one gets you a shout out on the episode tier two gets you access to bonus episodes um and roe i think i might have you on for a bonus episode at some point where we do the history of fire island um like the full history and talk about that because i think that'd be fun we had some fun talking about that on the fire island episode which you can check out um but yes, I'm thinking about how doing that. Um, but yes, bonus episodes are behind the paywall for Tier 2. And then if you get uh, if you want to support at Tier 3, then you can also uh, add in topic suggestions for um, me to talk about either by myself or with a guest. So uh, that is all for us. Uh, thanks, Ro, for coming back again. My favorite <laughs> repeat performer. <laughs>
1: For former, oh, I do want to um, quickly just um, touch on something I did say, and sure. I um, wanted to make it very clear that uh, I did look up um, surgical gender affirmation program. Mm-hmm. For some places, it is 18.
0: Okay, we've got an age now, so yeah. get your facts out. But that's everywhere, but for right. some pl- places, it is 18. Yes, so now that we've got our facts straightened out.
1: <laughs> well,
0: right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: Bye.